0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Today's podcast is sponsored by my new favorite animated TV show, Tuttle Twins, the first cartoon series to teach kids principles of freedom, economics, and liberty, and to be funny in the process. Nowadays, hidden political agendas are constantly forced on your kids in entertainment and in schools. Tuttle Twins is a hilarious cartoon series that teaches kids about the principles of freedom without being overly preachy. It's educational and hilarious, and there are lots of jokes for adults too. The best part? You can watch Tuttle Twins entirely for free. Just go to tuttletwins.tv, that is Tuttle TuttleTwins. .tv, and over there, you can watch all of the episodes for free one more time that's totaltwins.tv highly recommend it go check it out i am the man sick with the slang sticking up dust for fame What's up ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world, I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Now today's special guest is Oliver Anwar. He is a fitness junkie and he also coaches entrepreneurs all over the world. So welcome to the show, Oliver. How are you doing?
2: Thank you, Zuby. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks yourself.
1: Yep. Life is always good, man. Life is always good. So I've done a brief intro right there, man. but for people who are not familiar with you, tell them a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. So my name's Oliver Amwa, And like Zuby said, I'm a coach to entrepreneurs and high performers all over the world. I'm from the UK, as you can hear from the accent. And one of my biggest passions is football, um, working out, fitness and travel. So, um, yeah, I've been doing this for about five years now. I grew up in the UK. My parents have a mixed background. So my dad's from Indonesia, which is quite cool. My mum's from the UK. They met travelling they made me which is great and then uh yeah i'm um, now living and working in the uk i've traveled quite far around the world have been to 33 different countries and that's probably where we're at now
1: yeah that's awesome man so tell me a little bit more about your about your childhood i know on twitter you post about that from time to time to share some perspective and gratitude so tell me a little bit more about the life story
2: Yeah, for sure. So like I said, I grew up with a parent from the UK, and my dad's from Indonesia. And he actually grew up in a small village in Sumatra, which if you don't know where that is, it's up near Malaysia. And he lived in a house in a little kind of wooden shack, essentially with nine brothers. So he grew up with um, a lot of poverty, actually, and he ended up meeting my mum. He made it to the UK and uh, built a life for me and my sister. Um, And it's been really interesting for me to see because I, as a kid, actually lived out in Indonesia in the village as a baby and um you know a lot of people in the west say i'm oppressed right and you actually get to see when you know you see these world countries and definitely the upbringing that my dad had um you know kind of how grateful i am to, to not have lived that and some of the struggles and issues that he had to face not just in the country but when coming to the uk as well mm-hmm. um so it really has actually driven me to to really push myself because yeah he, he's a big motivator to me
1: That's awesome, man. And so you you lived over there for a while, and then you, how old were you when you came to the UK? Yeah,
2: so I was two years old uh, when I was over there, and then um, we came over to the UK. So when we got to the UK, I developed a big passion for playing football, as I mentioned. So as a kid, I played elite level football, uh, soccer for the US audience in the UK. Um, and I was able to play for like the academy level. So I played against the likes of like Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, Manchester United as a kid, uh, which was really cool. And I think that like, competitive sport has really driven my passion for fitness because... Um, It's developed a lot of the disciplines that I have now, and also developed the kind of just competitiveness that you need in business too, uh, which Mm. I think was great. Um, I got to about 16, 17, and I wasn't actually good enough to make it as a professional, which um, for me was kind of heartbreaking at the time. I was really kind of upset because I played my whole childhood and had this dream of becoming a professional footballer. But anyway, I entered college at this time as a short, skinny footballer, um, and I was really insecure, actually. I kind of had this dream shattered of being a footballer. And I was going into an environment with um, a lot of big rugby players. That was the college that I went to. Mm. And these guys were like six foot two, six foot three, (laughs) right? Like the typical jocks, the typical chads. And I was just this short, skinny guy, right? Um, So I felt like I needed to get a little bit bigger for the fact that I was insecure inside when it came to some of the failures I had and just how I felt I looked about my body. So... I spent about sort of three, four years just dedicating myself to the gym and training, watching YouTube videos, training myself, making all the mistakes under the sun when it comes Mm -hmm. to your body, um, as you've probably made yourself, right, when it comes to starting out as a newbie. Um, uh, After a while, I actually started to get somewhere, and I got to the point where I was at my first year of university in London, and I was getting so many people asking me, like, man, I want to go on holiday. How do I get in shape? And these were lots and lots of people were were asking me this both online and in person. I thought, you know what? I'm a broke student. I'm going to set up a website whilst I'm at university and see Mm -hmm. if I can blog about my story and some of the things that I've done. So I did that. I set up a website. I learned how to do WordPress. And I launched this website, got everyone on Facebook to share it. And I remember on the first day I actually got somebody – buy a fitness package off me on the first day and mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I checked my PayPal account. And I thought, who the hell is paying me to coach them, right? Like, yeah. what is this? I felt like a complete imposter, which was which is crazy. But it kind of then spiraled then to to what I'm doing now. Um after coaching people for like five years, we're in a spot where I'm coaching kind of entrepreneurs from all over the world and high performers. So um yeah, that's a little bit around kind of kind of that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. So it's funny that the main thing that got you into into lifting was going to, you know, going to a place where you are one of the smaller people, uh, all these, all these rugby players and all that. It's funny because, um, I actually got into lifting because of rugby as well. So as you, as you know, I grew up in Saudi Arabia and when I was there, the main sports I played were football and baseball. And then I, I've never been a skinny kid. I was, I was more of a, of, a, of a fat kid. In fact, I, wear the, I weigh the exact same amount right now as I did when I was 15 years old. That's a little interesting oh, wow. fact for people. Oh, yeah. I see yeah. the photo. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I got to the UK. I went to boarding school at the age of 11. Obviously, there's no baseball in the UK. Um, and rugby actually quickly became my main sport. So I started playing rugby when I was 11. Then when I got to like, about 14 15 years old I started dabbling in going to the gym then I was when I was like 15 16 some of my friends at uh, at the school I was at who some of whom were also rugby players but a a lot of us just got were like into bodybuilding um and we got like I mean we we kind of got like probably a little bit too into it and we we were just reading all these like muscle and fitness magazines and flex magazine (laughs) and stuff with all these like roided out guys on all of them and we, I think a lot of, a lot of us didn't even know that, you know, like a lot of these guys were like on steroids and stuff. So we'd literally try to like follow the exact same programs as like IFBB. Pro-
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same as me. I, I used yeah. to go onto this, this website called Simply Shredded, right? Where they had all these big fitness models yeah. and I would follow the diet plan of these guys that souped up on gear mm-hmm. and I would follow it like. <laughs> program to program, workout to workout, meal to meal, yeah, <laughs> thinking absolutely.
1: I was going to look like that, but It was crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 and so, yeah, a, lo- a lot of trial and error. But it's um, it, I'm I'm so glad I started at that age, though. I'm really glad I got into it in my teenage years because it's so easy to maintain now. It's just it's just a habit, like brushing my teeth or having a shower. You know, you don't need to continuously motivate yourself again and again. So, from going from selling that first program to what you've built and created now. Tell me a little bit more about that process and journey.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I continued with university. Uh, At this point, I was running my business on the side of this website, you could call it a a side hustle. But I got to the end of university and my business just wasn't really at the point where I could say, hey, I don't want to work. I needed Mm -hmm. to work a a, a job. So I actually ended up um, getting a job straight after university in a corporate role in London for a big telecommunications company. And as a kid, it was strange. I had a passion for fitness, but I'd always had in my mind, I wanted to be this big corporate guy, right? That traveled Mm -hmm. the world, that was this big salesman. And I had this kind of vision in my my head for that was what I was going to be. I got six months into this role and I thought, fuck that. This is not me, right? <laughs> I, I worked the corporate job and I thought, this is terrible. And um, at the time as well, I was basically balancing this job with trying to take my business to the next level. So I'd be waking up at 6 a.m., I'd get in at 6 p.m., I'd go to the gym. I'd then work from like 8 p.m. until midnight, 1 o'clock, get a few hours sleep, wake up the next day and repeat. And at this point, I actually remember there was a very kind of poignant moment where I was stood over my balcony and, um, you yeah, know, overlooking um, some apartments that I was in that I couldn't really afford. And I thought, I'm fucking miserable, man. You know, I mm-hmm. was abusing alcohol. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I wasn't dealing with stress. Well, my relationship started to suffer at this point, too. You know, I, I didn't have the kind of confidence or willpower to go out and date. And I just felt kind of really on my own lonely. lonely. Um, and at this point, I said, the thing that's making me unhappy is this career path up and down. And for me to really build this business and to be passionate about what I do, I need to leave. So The next week, I handed my notice in at my corporate job, and I said, I'm off to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. Now, this was a very naive move, because at the time, I didn't really have that much money saved saved up, but (laughs) I had a lot of passion and drive, right? And I Mm -hmm. thought that this was going to be the thing that would keep me going. So, When was was this? So this was probably about three years ago. Okay. Yeah, three, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, three, four years ago. So I quit the job, and um, I started doing a few kind of side gigs um, on the side with the little savings I had, and really tried to push my business forward. A few months came down and I realized that my business wasn't making any money. My freelance job wasn't going to be able to pay my rent. And I was flat up broke, man. I was, mm-hmm. I was broke. And I realized that this month I can't pay my rent. So luckily I knew somebody that had a vending machine company. So I ended up getting a job filling vending machines 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a very humbling experience because I was working with people that you know were from different backgrounds that had never really like been and had the You could say opportunities I did, you know, go to university and things like that. And each day I was going there doing 12 hour manual shifts, filling these vending machines. And it really humbles you, man, when you do those kind of that kind of work, because it really makes you realize that people have tough jobs and and things Mm. get difficult at times, man. And um, yeah, I did that. And luckily, after a while, my business started to pick up. So I quit the vending machine job and I began running my business full time around kind of like the middle of 2020, Mm -hmm. which is great. And then since then, we've moved on to it being a full-time gig. Uh, We're now working with entrepreneurs all over the world, mainly in the US and Canada and things like that. Um, And, yeah, things are going well. So that's a little bit around kind of how we got to where we are today.
1: That's awesome, man. What's the most important thing you learned during that time doing the vending machine job?
2: Yeah, so... um, it's well, I definitely like Kit Kats. They're, they're great, man. Like I'd always steal these <laughs> <laughs> I'd always steal these out of the back of the, the truck that I would drive because I was like, I'm so hungry, man. Like no one's gonna see if I steal yeah, a Kit yeah. Kat, right? I mean if they listen to this they might but
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing I learned is especially when the chips are down, like you really need to have self-belief in yourself that things mm-hmm. are going to change. Mm-hmm. And that actually you do have the things inside you to to get to where you want to be. It, it's just not happening for you right now. Um, and I remember there's, there's even a photo of me that I share on Twitter um, where I'm smiling in the photo of me filling a vending machine because like it was a shit job and it was a shit time. But I just thought to myself, well, this is just going to be another story for when I do become successful. Like I've always mm. had that self-belief in myself. And I think mm. for anyone that's listening, that's going through that is to really not give up on, on what you care about because I didn't. And now I've been able to 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 do the things that I like and build my business. And I'm, I'm happy that I did for sure. That's, that's one awesome, of the biggest man. lessons.
1: Yeah, it, it's so, um, it, it, I think one, they, this is just a human thing. And I, I guess it it's natural and it makes sense. But the thing is by the time, By the time people see you, by the time people discover you, whether it's on social media or through a podcast or whatever it is, you've already been through a lot and gone through like, like people don't see the work behind it unless someone Mm. follows you or knows you personally from, from very early, they, they just kind of see where you're at now and they often vastly underestimate and play down whatever nonsense you had to go through prior to it. I mean, I relate to that so much because, I mean, I left my corporate job in 2011. Well, I released my first album in 2006 when I was still in uni. And then I left my corporate job in November 2011, more than 10 years ago. Um, And 2019 was the first year that I made more money than I used to in my corporate job. So it took eight years just to get back to what I was earning in my early to mid early twenties, honestly. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to that again in, until my early thirties. Now it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm crushing what I would have to be doing if I was still in that corporate world. And it's weird. Yeah. Like probably 98% of people who know me discovered me in the last three years. Um, but it, like it all started in 2006, so yeah. it's weird when you just get people who, who completely want to play down, like oh, like you just showed up one day and had all these followers and did all this, like, <laughs> man, like, dude, like I used to, sell, I used to sell my CDs out on the street. I'm surprised, I'm surprised I never, I never met you out like when I was out just selling my CDs on the street. I feel like, I feel like I met like every third person in the UK. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> <laughs> man! Like I was just out there all the time for years, just different cities, all over. It
2: takes a lot coast. of hustle, man. I, like every guy that I see selling CDs and mixtapes mm-hmm. on the street, man, that's hustle.
1: That's Dude. fucking hustle. Yeah, it's real hustle, but you learn so much from it, man. That's why I was curious. Like you know, the vending machine job, it might suck at the time, but that's when you know. And it takes it takes that self belief, which at the time especially to outsiders can seem or can seem a little delusional, right? Cause they see what you're doing right then. And they're like, you know, this guy's just filling vending machines or this guy's just here trying to slang, his slang, his CDs on the street. And, but you, I I know I myself was like, man, like I know where I know. I didn't quit that corporate job for no reason. Like I believe, I don't know if it's going to take three years or five years or eight years or 10 years, but I, I don't care. Even if it takes 20 years, um, the world's going to know my name. I'm going to do something great.
2: Absolutely, man. There's that really good visual, right? By visualized value where it's kind of like got the dots and it says, this is pointless. And then after a while, <laughs> the, the dots come up, right? And that's yeah. what it's kind of like. You go through all of this stuff, but if you keep persisting, there is actually kind of going to be a result at the end of the you know, gold at the end of the rainbow.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And we've still got a long way to go. That's why it's even more That's exciting. It. Yeah. Um, what was it that you, what was it that led to the breakthrough? In your business was there something that you did different or did yeah uh, what, what what was the thing
2: so it was a lot of good fortune as well because of what happened over the past couple of years with what's gone on um everybody was obviously uh, locked down mm. so you know a lot of online trainers were, were kind of needed during this time because people were at home and things like that um and what i found was a lot of the personal trainers that were you know on the floor had like found it very difficult to kind of translate to training people online because they weren't used to that they were used to the gym floor they weren't used to market themselves whereas for me i'd be marketing myself for the past like three four years so mm-hmm. when things hit i started getting an influx of people that were interested in my service which was really really good mm-hmm. um so from that point i started to create a lot more digital products and started to automate a lot of stuff online um, and especially push out a lot of Content through my um, Instagram channel, which was very successful at the time. Mm. Um, It was then when I discovered this thing called Money Twitter, which everybody is now on, right? Mm. And uh, started posting out content on there. And I think that for me, I really wanted to work. And my goal was always to work with higher performers, you know, executives, entrepreneurs. The reason being is I always feel these guys are super disciplined. And I love that about them. The reason why they're successful in business is because they're disciplined. Um, And all they really need to do is translate that over to, you know, their their body and they can mm-hmm. they can do the same um and i wanted to kind of be that guy in the middle that bridges the gap that helps the people do it um so i started moving and targeting towards them and as i started to build my channels and started to build my socials and um, i started to work with a lot of these guys um and through it they actually gave me like business advice on you know how to improve my my own business which was great mm. and that's one of the benefits of working with you know Clients that are doing well in businesses—they'll actually give you some tips on how to how to do things right if you're open to the feedback. And I've mm-hmm. always been open to feedback, um, and things have started to improve. So, um, yeah, you could say a mix of you know luck as well as kind of having a direction of a niche of people I wanted to target.
1: That's awesome, man. And um, you know, I've been following you on Twitter for several years, and you also do a lot of traveling. It's hard to keep track of keep track of where you are. <laughs> Um, so where did you get the travel bug from?
2: Yeah. So I think a lot of it's from the fact that my dad and mum always used to take us traveling as kids. So me and my sister, I think we'd been to like maybe 15 to 20 countries by the time we were like 15, 16, Mm -hmm. like we were super, super fortunate in that sense. I mean, we'd go back to Indonesia quite a lot to visit places. And then as we go back, we kind of like visit different spots. And yeah, my, like, my mom's a bit of a hippie as well. So like she just likes to go to these new places and things like that. So I really got the bug. And I think that to get a wider understanding of you know, who you are as a person, who you are as a man, you need to understand what the world is like. Mm. So for me, travel is very important. And you know, you get to meet a range of different people from different cultures and have new experiences as well as the fact that I like being shirtless on the beach. So, you know, like that's (laughs) that's important to me and to keep my time up, man. So, yeah, it's it's a big passion. And I really want to travel to as many countries as I can. Um, By the time I die, it's one of those Mm. things that that I really want to do.
1: That's awesome, man. Any particular favorite cities or countries?
2: Yeah, so I really love Lisbon. I'm actually going there next week. Mm -hmm. I think it's a beautiful city. The great thing about Lisbon is you've got like the city – and you've got the beach too. And for me, I like the city buzz because if you're running a business and I, I know a lot of people say this is like, they want to like retire to the mountains and stuff in a cabin, like on their own. And like, that sounds great. But really, I think like being around people who are, you know, pushing themselves successfully in business world, the city life combined with kind of like nice warm weather. Like for me, that, that's like the perfect combination. Yeah. Um, so really like Lisbon, the people are nice too. The culture's great. Um, I like the Mediterranean, like Barcelona too. Yeah. So I'll definitely be visiting those two this year
1: for sure. That's awesome, man. And you? Do you have plans to? Do you think how long do you think you're going to stay in the UK for? Are you planning to uh, to get out to warmer climes at some point?
2: Yeah. So I think the UK is going to be a temporary residence for me. Um, I'd like to to move abroad somewhere, like I said, to Lisbon, the Mediterranean, places like that, um, as much as I can. I think the UK, especially with what's gone on the past couple of years, for me, it's mm. important to. To move away from that, um, and also from a lifestyle perspective, I think it's going to suit me much more to be in a warm climate for sure. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: yeah, no, I, I think it's, it, man, it's it's so. I think it's really important for people to understand that where you are born or raised is not always the best place for you. Mm. Um, like I, I understand that it can be, there can be all sorts of difficulties and hurdles in people moving around, you know, even within a country, let alone outside of it. But um, uh, yeah, as someone who's also traveled a lot, both by, you know, completely voluntary, but also just as a result of my upbringing, I, I find so many people locked into this mentality of thinking that they have to, you know, just because they were born on a certain patch of land, that that is where they must remain for the remainder of their life. And I think people are doing a, a, a disservice by by doing that at least not exploring I think at least if you if you check out a few other places you can then even if you decide you know what my hometown or my home country is where I like the most then at least you've got a better reference point but I think a lot of people sort of I don't know sort of suffer unnecessarily and they want to just like stay there and suffer and complain about it and I'm kind of like dude like move you know go 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 somewhere else. Yeah, it might be sort of tricky, but you'll, you'll land on your feet and you'll be so much happier because environment, environment makes a huge difference.
2: Definitely, man. And I think, you know, with that, you touched on a good point. It's like things really do stay the same when you stay in the same place. And there's that kind of small town mentality that you can see with just staying in the same city and not moving. Um, And if you want to kind of develop yourself, I think as a person and develop your network and be in the right environment, then like travel is absolutely crucial to that um, because your town's going to stay the same, man. You're going to go back. And I find this when I travel, I come back. Things are very much the same. And I've <laughs> had these experiences and do these things. And It's kind of like, man, I wish you guys could just come with me and go on this great adventure, yeah. right? Because it's super exciting for sure. Yeah,
1: most definitely, man. So what do you, what, what's your big goal for all of this? Like how, how what sort of scale are you trying to take, take it to? Um, where, where do you see this all going over the next few years or perhaps even decades?
2: Definitely, man. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about this recently, and we'd really like to, I would really like to develop um, what I do into a wellness brand. So not Mm. just coaching entrepreneurs, but actually being the wellness brand for entrepreneurs. So providing not just a coaching program that we have, digital products, physical products, and even things like experiences and in-person retreats, which Mm. I think would be awesome. So as the world hopefully opens up, doing great fitness and wellness retreats in exotic places all over the world because for me, like I love this kind of shit, right? I love fitness and I love travel. So I'm really trying to combine my passion with that. Um, And I also think that as much as the online business world is great, meeting people in person is awesome and having that Mm. human connection is great. And you can get so much out of these retreats when you're with other people that are in a like-minded place. Uh, And you'll find that a lot of entrepreneurs together, there's gonna be a lot of benefits that people are gonna get from being in that environment. so for me, it's really to scale that into a wellness brand and ideally be one of the number one, if not the number one wellness brand in the world I'd like mm-hmm. to take it to. Um, so we've got big ambitions for it. But um, for me, you know, like I'm happy to build up my personal brand and take it steadily because for me, this is my passion. I'm able mm-hmm. to do what I, I want to do and it's something I'm never going to give up. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the plan with with things for sure. That's
1: awesome, man. What, what do you find is the hardest thing to deal with 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 all of it? Um, is it the because when, whenever you start to grow any type of public profile, or strike out on your own, or do something creative, or build a social media following, what, whatever it is, anything that kind of deviates from the traditional norm, there are always all sorts of difficulties—from criticism to hate to self-doubt to people just not understanding what you're doing so on what what do you find the what do you find is the trickiest thing
2: it's very strange so um a lot of these things especially as i've grown up i'd found very difficult especially the criticisms that i got from people that i knew because a lot of people were taking the traditional route which um is kind of the, the path that's been already well forged whereas i was taking this completely unique path path Mm. putting videos out on youtube you know tweeting stuff on twitter making lots of content on instagram and a lot i got a lot of backlash from this kind of stuff especially when i started out you know a lot of people were laughing at me criticizing this kind of stuff is this
1: this people you know primarily people people i knew yeah Yeah, exactly
2: um of course um at the the time it felt very difficult because i didn't really know how to handle it but as i got older you know you kind of understand where it comes from but um really now it's a lot easier to deal with because I know what my values are and I think this is the most important thing that you need to understand as a person is you need to drive your behavior not by what everybody else is doing but like what Mm. your values are as a person and for me it's always been freedom right the freedom to do the things that I want you know Mm. to to be authentic in who I am and to really chase my passion and if that means that some people dislike the fact that I do the things that I do then sadly that's on them right and that's for them to deal with and I don't feel any shame for the things that i want to do because Mm -hmm. you know I want to be proud of what I do um so if people are you know struggling I always find that like just digging down into who you are and your values what you believe in Mm -hmm. is a really good way to overcome those kind of criticisms and people maybe not agreeing with what you're doing
1: yeah yeah no absolutely um the hardest thing I've found um actually especially over the last couple years with the way things have accelerated is I think early on um what you just described was the hardest part yeah, i um, just just going against this grain. You know, I also I studied computer science at Oxford University. And then I was like, all right, I want to be a, I want to be a rapper like all my <laughs> there was nobody doing anything. No one from my university was doing anything like what I was doing. And
2: of course. it was just
1: weird to a lot of people for a lot of reasons. And you know, when I left my corporate job to be like, all right, I'm going to go full time with my music. I don't even have like a record, you know, I don't have a record label or anything. It was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, a lot a lot of doubt and a lot of people thinking it was weird. So for many years that was the hardest part for me. I think now the hardest thing is actually, and, and maybe this is this is something you'll uh, you know I, I think you'll experience in the future. The hardest part is actually accepting that there are gonna be people who have completely the wrong idea of who you are mm-hmm. and what you believe in. There are gonna be people who completely lie and make up fabricated stories about you. And con- like, there are conspiracy theories about me out there now, right? Really? Just like completely baseless, like weird, bizarre stuff. And that's going to happen. And you can't, like, you don't have the time nor ability to 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 stop it all, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm someone who's trying to do good in the world, you know, done a, done a lot of positive things, helped a lot of people, inspired, motivated a lot of people. And I know where my heart is. And I don't like the idea of someone having this like really, really skewed and incorrect view of me that I'm like, you know, some horrible or nasty person yeah, or someone who believes in things that I don't do. And you have to kind of make peace with the fact that that's just going to happen. Yeah, And that, and that kind of sucks. Cause I, I want to, you always want to like jump in and be like, yo, like, what are you guys talking? About? What, what are you even yeah. talking about? This is who I am, but like, you don't have the, the time ability or energy. And that's something that has kind of been just really weird for me, especially over the past two years where I just got to see things out there on the internet. and I'm like, what are these people talking about? Like, this is so, it's so off base. It's totally, it's totally made up. It's fabricated. And you're just like, man, it kind of sucks that they think that, but I can't do anything about it. And, and I, and I've seen it cause I, it's weird. Cause I've seen this happen to other people. Like if you want to see a big example, look at someone like Joe Rogan,
0: yeah. right?
1: People paint these, there's people out there who, who think he's like a, a white supremacist and a racist and like he he hates this people or he's like said or done this thing that he has, he hasn't said or done or whatever. And they have these like really screwed up perspectives of him or Jordan Peterson is some like alt right, uh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> Hitler apologist who hates oh. women. He hates women. And like, he's trans. And I'm like, are you talking about the same person? <laughs> like Are you talking yeah. about the same Joe Rogan, the same Jordan Peterson that like th- that I've connected with? Cause that is not who they are, but. Like there's all these people who who have these horrible, like, weird ideas about who you are and then they like propagate it as well. They'll tell other people this is who you are and you can't really, you, 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 you can't, you can't do anything about it. And it's just, it kind of sucks.
2: Yeah, man, definitely. It's, it's the nature, I think, of building a brand online though. It's kind of the way that it works. And I guess when you get to the, the bigger numbers like you are and obviously people like Joe, it's just going to be the nature of the job, right? Yeah. Sadly.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's just, it's just weird. It's, yeah. it's very, so very it's so weird, weird when, weird when you see it. When you yeah. see somebody, it's like, well, you're like it's one thing to get something like slightly off. Like maybe there's a part of your story that like they twist, yeah. but when it's just like, I'm like, how, how do you just make something up like this about someone? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it's really odd. Um, with all the clients that you've, that you've worked with, what are some of the, um, what, what are the, some of the common hurdles that people have because, you know, we're both really into physical fitness and nutrition and training. We haven't always been in shape our entire lives, but we've gotten ourselves in shape and are trying to help other people. What are some of the things that you consistently see?
2: Yeah, so I think consistently is um, a big issue that people find is the lack of actual weight training and like the lack of muscle that people have on their frame. So you find that with a lot of people, the traditional fitness approach to losing weight is let's go running, right? And you get on the treadmill Mm. and you go running with a complete disregard to, you know, your diet and your weight training. Now, running will work up to a point, but if you keep running, essentially your body will adapt to your metabolism, right? And you're gonna need less and less calories to lose the fat that you want. So you have to do more and more exercise. In simple terms, essentially, what you need is more muscle, right? When you've got more muscle on your frame, from a health point of view, it's going to improve your posture. It's going to improve your confidence, your testosterone, um, you know, how you move around each day. And um, it's also just going to ensure that your body can burn more calories. Now, when you can burn more calories at rest, this is good because you don't have to diet on such low calories. And this makes life more fun. Um, it also transforms the way your body looks. So when you start to build muscle, let's say you've got 160 pound guy that's not got very much muscle, but he's got mm-hmm. a lot of fat. And then you look at a guy who's 160 pounds, but he's got a lot of muscle and not much fat. That's two completely different guys. And the key difference here is the fact that they've driven their body to weight train and build muscle. And once you do that, you're going to start looking a lot better in the body um, from a health point of view, but also just from a general looks point of view too. It looks really good. So I, you know, is one of the things I do on my programs. I get all of my clients weight training. Every single client gets yeah. weight training because the goal for longevity of their health and for, for looks and to get the... Body composition i want is, is to build more muscle so resistance mm. training to introduce to my clients they're a bit like this is this is crazy are you just some crazy meathead that loves the gym like it's true i am but mm. I, I do have a premise <laughs> right um and it's just to ensure that you can have more muscle because it gives you that longevity to age and there's other benefits i spoke about
1: yeah most definitely man i i think one of the one of the man i think there's been so much propaganda and You know, to use an overused term, misinformation Mm -hmm. about resistance training and strength training over the course of many, many decades on multiple levels. First of all, is this notion that like intelligence or character is somehow like inversely correlated with how much muscle you have, right? There's this idea of this, like, jock stereotype, which honestly, I think a lot of it comes from like cartoons and TV. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. There's For this sure. notion that, right, like, if you're watching a cartoon, the the bit, the, the buff guy is always stupid. Yeah. Right. There's always like the small, intelligent person, like, there's a skinny, intelligent guy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. there's like the buff, stupid person, or like, who's just the thug or whatever. And people have this idea in their head that like lifting weights or getting jacked somehow makes you like, you know, like you're compensating for some intellectual deficit or something. Like I've heard people say things like, Oh, I'd rather read a book than I'd rather read a book than lift weights. It's like, you know, you can do both, right? Like (laughs) they're not mutually exclusive exclusive activities. And it's, I, I think there's so much stuff that you have to kind of like undo people's misconceptions and bad ideas or I'm sure you know with with a lot of women right oh I, oh, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to I don't want to get too big like I don't want to get too it's like good luck getting too jacked right like it's not yeah, yeah. Right? we spend our lives trying to get too jacked and, and we we're <laughs> not there yet easy thing to do so people like, oh I don't want to, I don't want to get bulky or I don't want to do this or you know I'm sure if you ask you questions oh, what happens if I eat carbs after 7pm yeah uh, there, there's so much
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? At 7.01, man, you're just going to get so fat and that's it. It's the end of your life, right? It's crazy. Um, But you're right. I think there's a lot of stigma around certain things. And it's actually really good to see people now that excel in many different areas. And mm-hmm. from what I found anyway, guys that are muscular, they actually start to take care of other sides of their life. And this is what you'll see, right? Like I always say, um, lifting weights is a gateway drug to self-improvement because it's Mm. true, right? Like when you start lifting weights, you have a good diet, you look after yourself, you start giving a shit about other things in your life. Like your relationships, so mm. you, know, you start dating better quality people. Uh, you then have more energy and confidence to go out and build a business and mm-hmm. things like that. So you become a better person when you actually start lifting weights and getting more muscular. Whereas, right. um, you know, a lot of people actually think that it makes you dumber and it makes you worse, and that stereotype <laughs> is completely not
1: true. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, you know, and some of this maybe some of this maybe is the fault of marketing, but mm-hmm. the benefits of strength training. Go so far beyond just aesthetics, right? So so many people are like, oh, you're like it's just this vain activity. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, even if, e- even if it didn't like even aesthetically, like there are so many benefits in terms of health. Yeah, that like the the superficial part is almost I don't know. It's almost like a byproduct. Like that might be the perhaps that might be the thing that initially you know people initially go for. But once you've been training for a while, you quickly realize that like the, the the mental and cognitive benefits and the impact it has on real world things, especially as people get older, right? As people go mm-hmm. into their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, there's so much of what people call aging that you can drastically slow down through strength training. You're, you're not going to do it just by running or riding a bike, mm-hmm. but if you do weight training, then you know the the muscle that you would normally lose and the fat that you would normally gain over the course of those decades you can really really slow that down to an impressive amount like you can be in your 50s even in your 60s and be in better shape than plenty of 25 and 30 year olds out there
2: absolutely man and i always use the analogy of the elastic band so you know Mm. when you're got a lot of muscle on your frame and, you know, you built strength, you're very robust rubber band. And when the trials and tribulations of life, you know, things like sicknesses, things that go mm-hmm. on in the world, stress is a big one as well, um, try to pull you apart. Like you're a very strong rubber band. Like things can't pull you apart as much. Now, when you don't have much muscle, like you're a flimsy rubber band, you get pulled apart, you get sick easier, right? Stress mm-hmm. affects you a lot more. Um, so, you know, like muscle is like one of the number one health, benefits that you should be focusing on if you want mm-hmm. longevity as you age and not just from a looks point of view, but like I said, to help you with the trials and tribulations of life um, that are going to come your way.
1: Yeah. Um, and man, it still blows my mind that in the past two years, this was barely a conversation. Right. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it still amazes me that you would have thought, right, like obesity has been a big problem in the UK, the USA, entire Western world for many decades, for our entire lives at this point,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. this would have been the best time ever to really strongly push a message of real public health, right? Especially with this particular disease, which is way more likely to hospitalize or hurt someone if they are out of shape, if they are obese, right? Yes, there's age, but outside of age, the other things are primarily things you someone's responsible for, right? Like they how well yeah. they take care. And there's been to this day, <laughs> more than two years in, there's been been so little conversation about, okay, like now's a good time for people to lose some weight. Now's a good time to get people exercise and get people eating a better diet, get people out there like and they just did the opposite. It was like, Nope, stay home. In fact, we're going to close down the gyms. <laughs> if you go to the gym, you're a terrorist. Um, <laughs> it, it's just been so inverted. It's just been wear a mask and take a shot and stay at home. Like that's it. Yeah. Th- those, those things like no, 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 Hey, maybe you should exercise, maybe drink some water, get enough sleep. There's, I don't know. Like it, it um, it's been so frustrating. Cause I just thought this would have been such a powerful moment. For it would have been out there.
2: It would have been. And I think what that should have happened is why has there not been one health expert or trainer on a news station <laughs> to say, hey, this is a little bit around like your diet of what you need to do to uh-huh. lose weight. Like, this is a strength training program. You should try, like, give this a go. Like, this will help you out. Like, there is no harm in sharing that. But for some reason, the way the world has gone, this is Mm-mm. just not the way people want to do it, man. It's yeah, it's world. nutty.
1: You, you, you know, I, I don't know if you saw, I got, I actually got criticized for that um last year. Oh really? I think, uh, August, August last year, or so I was invited onto uh, I was on invited on to Fox News to talk about some of the uh, you know the the, the policies is when you know, all the restrictions sure. and stuff were crazy, and I was like, well, if we're going to talk about health, can we talk about health, right? What about <laughs> what about diet? What about nutrition? What about people's body weight? What about exercise? What about training? Like what about all of these other things? What about vitamin D? What about basic yeah. supplementation to keep your immune system up? Um, and <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, with media matters.
2: Media oh yeah. Matters. I know them. Yeah, 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 media yeah. Media
1: matters is this us organization that basically, uh, you know, tries to uh, claim that they're calling out right-wing extremism or whatever. <laughs> and they literally took like, they, they literally took like a clip from the interview where I'm literally there like advocating for people to take better care of, of their health. And they tried to like frame it as, as me being, me being the bad guy here for saying the (laughs) and i was just like dude like (laughs) how in the you're the ones who keep saying we're in the middle of a deadly pandemic deadly pandemic it's like well like i'm not worried about this virus like i'm good yeah i'm I'm here trying to like give some ideas for other people to think about so that they can take their health into their own hands and they somehow make it this like weird partisan political issue and you've probably seen these various articles coming out both in the U S and UK about, you know, like the, uh, why is the far right? So obsessed with fitness, Fitness, (laughs) what's (laughs) the the dangerous rise of the dangerous rise of like, uh, you know, right wing bodybuilders. I I don't know what is going on. (laughs) It
2: is like a meme at this point, to be honest, it is a complete meme when you look at it. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, I hope for, for a lot of people, it's been a, a big wake up call, but you know, it's take some personal responsibility on your health, man. Like I've always been saying this and always preach this in my message. It's like, you know, it doesn't take a lot to just resistance strain a little bit, clean up your diet and just, you know, fix your sleep a little bit. Now, if you can set that base for yourself, you're going to be in such a better position when it comes to everything that life throws at you mm-hmm. and you're going to feel much better you're going to be more present in your relationships. You're going to engage better with people. You're even going to go into your business meetings presenting yourself in a better way because you're going to carry yourself in a much better light. Um, personal responsibility is really the key. And if, you know, people in the mainstream media are not going to push it, then I know people like me and you will, because it's a message we both really believe in. And it's very important that people do.
1: Yeah, man, a hundred percent. And it's one of the few things in the world, like besides, besides the effort and time commitment, yeah, there's no downsides. It's all upside. Like it's, it's all yeah. upside from high ROI. <laughs> it's high yeah, ROI. Extremely high ROI. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just with e- every facet social interactions, your confidence, your mental health, your physical health, your longevity, your resistance to certain diseases, whether it's COVID or it's osteoporosis or it's various types of cancer or diabetes, mm-hmm. um, the way your clothes fit you, the way the, the, way, um, the, the opposite sex looks at you right? Everything like it's, it's all upside. And what you learn from it is you've alluded to the same, the same um, factors that make you successful in training are the same thing that will make you successful in anything else, whether it's relationships, business, career, whatever, right? Dedication, having a plan, perseverance, pushing through the difficulties and the plateaus, taking accountability and personal responsibility, if you can apply it, in one area, you can take it and you can apply it to others. If you're successful in business or in your relationship, you can take that same mentality, apply it to your training, apply it to your diet, and you'll get better. I've never seen someone significantly improve their physique naturally without significantly improving other aspects of their life. It's, it's actually impossible. You cannot lose 100 pounds without drastically changing your mindset. It's not Absolutely, possible. Absolutely, man. Yeah, like they go, There's, they go there, hand in hand.
2: There is zero downside to getting yourself in good physical shape and taking mm-hmm. care of your health. Like you mentioned, there is zero downside, and nearly majority everything is an upside. Man. It's, it's all upside.
1: It's literally all upside. There's very. I think there are a few things. There aren't that many things that are that high ROI and which don't <clears throat> cost anything more than some effort. And and it's also not crazy effort as well. Like so many people think that oh to. You know, to be in good shape, you have to spend twelve hours a week in the gym, or you have to, you know, train twice a day for two. I'm like, no, (laughs) like you, you you can literally spend, let's say, four to five hours a week. Even
2: less sometimes, man. I mean, yeah. with the clients with the clients I work with, they're super busy and they get uh-huh. kind of quite surprised when I tell them we can do things in three hours a week. Like three, three hours, hours a week, week yeah. we can get some results. And they mm-hmm. they look at me like, are you sure? They do it and like they see the changes. And like, as long as you're willing to be consistent with it, mm-hmm. you can do it in minimal amount of time, man, on the right program with the right support for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, man, everyone, if you're listening to this and you don't lift weights, now is the time to... Uh, Take the jack scene It's safe, yep. safe and effective.
0: Yeah. Um, if you've and already you taken it the exactly
1: <laughs> multiple boosters per week, yeah, reduces the risk of hospitalization and death, increases the yeah. chances of sexiness and being in good shape and living a long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is the campaign that we need. We need an in- yeah. the international campaign for this. I, I, I wonder. Maybe just to troll people. Maybe I, I'm going to like rent a billboard in some city and just have the get Jacksonated slogan on it. That'd be fun. <laughs> please, man. Please do that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So Oliver, have you got anything else, um, anything coming up this year or soon that you want people to know about?
2: Uh, so uh, yeah, so sure. We've just launched a, actually a new program um, for entrepreneurs. So if you're an entrepreneur listening and you're looking to you know look great, feel great, and be great, I uh, have launched a new twelve month program which is really going to help you um, with body transformation, internal health change, and you know really just optimising yourself as well in, in kind of three hours a week. So we've just launched that and and bringing new clients on board, which is really exciting. So. That's one of the big changes, um, and I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling, man, so I'm off to Lisbon next week. I think I'm going to to a few other countries in Europe um, and a few other places too, man, so I'm excited. That's awesome, man. And where can people find and follow you online? Sure. So you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm most active on there, Ro Anwar, uh, R-O-A-N-W-A-R, and I've also got a YouTube channel, which I've just started this year, so if you just search Oliver Anwar on YouTube, um, you'll see a asian guy that likes to lift weights um making videos <laughs> so yeah
1: awesome man oliver so good to talk to you bro
2: you too man appreciate having me on i am the man sick with the
1: slang sick and i'm destined for fame